Welcome to another new conversation on the Retirement Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Casey. One of the things I try to do on this podcast is bring you conversations with a range of people, and that includes conversations with current retirees. And those are often among the most popular episodes we have. And today we have another. The goal of these conversations is to give you an idea of what retirement might be like, what can you take away from others' experiences in designing your new life in retirement. And today I'll be talking with Dennis Torres. He's a teacher at Pepperdine University in Malibu, California, great location. And he's lived there for 43 years, he shared with me, where before retirement, he taught a class on wealth and ethics in the business school. He retired at 75. He's now 81. So that'll give you a timeline on his experience. But what's also interesting about his experience, he's had a number of jobs. He began working when he was 10, and he keeps getting involved in a number of interesting things, which has ranged from being in the military in Vietnam, being a commercial pilot, a dairy farmer, and even running the merry-go-round at the Santa Monica Pier, another great place. But the basis of his teaching and his course is critical thinking and in particular, critical thinking about life decisions, day-to-day life and bigger decisions about your future. So today we'll talk with Dennis about his experiences of retirement and how some of the things he's learned may be useful to you. Dennis, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. So retiring is a life transition that's a catalyst, and it's a catalyst for many people to rethink what success means for them, because it's different in the work context than after in this new phase of life? And how can critical thinking help people redefine success? Well, to me, critical thinking is important in all aspects of life. But what it means is to start thinking why we believe what we do. Why do we do the things that we do? We are bombarded throughout our life with the philosophies, with commercial advertising that sort of shape our thinking. And especially true in retirement, you know, we many people think, well, we got to go on a cruise. We have to go see the world. We have to go do this. We have to do that. And that may not satisfy people. Okay. They think of it. Me personally, I took one cruise in my life. And, and while I always make the best of a situation and enjoyed meeting people, it was something I would not do again. Okay. Because the um, uh, cruises seem to be about uh, eating and gambling and entertainment, none of those things interest me, okay? I'm interested in nature and relaxing and in learning. So the point that I'm making here is think about what's really important to your life, what you want to do with your life that's going to feel fulfilling instead of rushing around doing things that you think you should do. You've been on one more cruise than I have, and it's definitely not on my list, but if it was, I would be crossing it off right now. So I appreciate your, okay. your, your comments on that. So reassessing values and priorities for some people as they move from the world of full-time work into retirement leads to a desire for a new, simpler lifestyle, almost like a redesign of, of how they're living. How can simplicity help people create a new way of life? Well, simplicity is the essence of life. As I say, we're bombarded with so much there, especially now with the social media and internet. The real fulfillment in life comes from simple things. 
I was thinking also today about frugality. If you read my book, The Chorus, there, you realize uh, a lot of the wealth creation is living frugal. And they realized it occurred to me too that frugality, frugality is not just money, it's frugality is a simple lifestyle. And that's what's fulfilling. I see people now, and now that I'm retired, and by the way, I, I loved working. I loved meeting people, being active, and creating. I retired because the simple fact that I knew I was not going to live forever and I wanted to try something different, something that was not scheduled. I find so many retired people try to busy themselves with the things, uh, playing cards and, as I said before, cruises and traveling and all that. And how many times I've heard people come back from Italy or Europe or Asia and say, wow, it's so good to be home. Okay, you're leaving thinking that this is going to be fulfilling, and actually you're happy to be home where you can relax and get into your normal routine. So people should not be afraid of routine and just enjoy the simplicity of not having, not being bombarded by so many things in life. Appreciate that. And so another thing that I see people thinking about as they contemplate retirement is doing something different, as you mentioned, and creating an encore career. And as someone who's had multiple careers, what advice would you offer people on the benefits and challenges on taking on a new career? Well, first off, I, I say, think what would you do if money were not of importance in your life? Money obviously is important, but if your consciousness is, is filled with money, it doesn't leave the room for you to think of what's really going to be fulfilling for you. So. Throughout my life, my 64 jobs and careers that I re recall, money was not really the, the interest to me. I wanted to learn something. Even today, having had all those careers and some very exciting ones from uh, being a commercial pilot uh, and industrial engineer and all these other things, I could find fulfillment in being a shoeshine guy at the airport, okay, because I would be meeting different people. It's a meditative process as you're doing it. You can take pride in it. In fact, yesterday, we bought a new car. My wife wanted to get a Tesla. And we traded in a car that we had. And I said, you know, this car was a good service to us for so many years. I went and I washed and waxed it and vacuumed it and everything before I put it in. It was a way of showing appreciation for the car. And it was also a good meditative practice to, to take care of it. And if we simplify life in, in terms like that, where we can realize that uh, you'll find, get a lot of benefit. I have also learned in my life that there is nothing, no Eiffel Tower, no Statue of Liberty, no grant, and nothing that can compete with nature. If you stand at the brink, at the edge, and stare off into the Grand Canyon, you will find a, a fulfilling sense that none of the man-made attractions can bring. It's a great point. And we were talking before we started recording the fact that you started working when you were 10 yes. in the 64 different jobs. What's one or two that stand out as particularly enjoyable experiences for you when you look back over those 64 experiences? Oh, that's hard because there's so many of them. I found for fulfillment in, in simple jobs, I was a letter carrier, me a mailman in Santa Monica, California there for a while. What I enjoyed of that, walking the tree-lined residential streets in the morning, beautiful weather, 
people happy to get their mail, having a little chat with people that were home and retired, getting a little of their wisdom. That was a beautiful part of the job. In fact, I had five different routes. And one of the routes required that I use the uh, post office uh, van uh, to deliver because it was on a highway where, where I had to stop every other house and then deliver to these big mansions that are on the beach. That was my least favorite. My most favorite was walking on the street and meeting people and talking there. So the simplified part of life is very fulfilling. Not that I'm here uh, staring out at the ocean every day and, and doing nothing. My life couldn't be busier. But I always take a breath, go down and walk a couple of miles along the ocean and get re-energized. If you're going to be a mail carrier, Santa Monica is a great place to do it. <laughs> yeah, I met great people there. One of my uh, patrons or clients was Irene Ryan, who played the grandmother on uh, Beverly Hillbillies. Okay, and she used to invite me in the kitchen. We had great conversations. Another was Royal Dano, who is the voice of Lincoln at Disneyland. But just ordinary people, too, that told me their life stories. And it was a wonderful experience. That's great. You mentioned meditation before. It was things that are meditative. And in building a new life in retirement, for most people, activities that promote health and wellness really become a top priority. And you've practiced meditation yoga on a daily basis for many, many years. For people who are interested in taking on those types of things in their new retirement life, maybe even for the first time, what advice would you offer them on that? Do it. <laughs> okay. It's, meditation is one of the more difficult practices because our, our mind is constantly going. And to, the purpose of meditation is to still the mind, stop these thoughts from rushing it. And it's not very easy to do that. Some days it'll be tougher than others, but the only way you're going to get there is to do it and not worry about whether you're doing it right and not worry about whether you're progressing. Just do it. And my advice is to do it, start off maybe two minutes. Okay. You say, well, what good is two minutes? And especially if it's not good. Well, it's better to get into the habit of doing it than saying, am I doing it right or am I doing it longer? Okay. And nobody can say they don't have two minutes in a day or five minutes in a day. So you can never have an excuse. Oh, I got to do this. Or I have to do that. Just do it and get into the habit and don't worry about the end result. Just do it. And it, it gives you a sense of peace and an awareness in life that you don't get from all the bombardment of stimulation. So I have not missed one. To, I have not missed one day to give the importance of, of that in my life. I have not missed one day since 1976 of doing getting up in the morning, spending a few minutes reading some some philosophical spiritual material, and then doing an hour of yoga and a half hour of meditation. Okay, and I've never missed in since 76. And I've done business trips. I've had to fly to Europe. I've flown to Asia. Whatever. And how do you do it? If you have a five o'clock flight, you may have to get up there at two or three, okay? And just do it, make it an important part of your life. So sometimes I've had to do yoga in, in airport waiting rooms, okay? But you just do it. So uh, I'm 81 now. I'm fortunate enough to have uh, good health and still have uh, the interest I had in life that I had when I was a teenager. So you were that guy in LAX in 1998. I saw doing the downward dog. 
on my flight to uh, back to New York City. That was me. Yeah, I I appreciate 1976. Never missing a day. That's very impressive. Appreciate that. Another area that I see people who are thinking about what to do in retirement, being very interested in, is doing something creative. A lot of benefits in many ways to that. How did you first become interested in writing? And what advice do you have for people who might want to pursue some creative pursuits like writing in their retirement? Well, I think people express themselves in, in different ways. Uh, my grandfather, who I spent time with uh, as a, uh, a youth, was a famous writer. And I used to wonder why he would invite me or he and my grandmother to they retired to Florida, although he never retired. He continued writing every day uh, until he was past 100. I realized he must have known, even though I didn't know, that that writing was part of me. He encouraged me to write. I wrote a few stories when I was 10 years old that were published in the local paper, thanks to him. And I just enjoyed writing. I write now because I think it's a responsibility to share your experiences and your wisdom that you've learned from them, if you want to call it wisdom, to other people. I, As a teacher, I, I, I taught for many years at Pepperdine in the uh, full-time MBA program. And I used to tell my students, don't believe what, what I'm telling you, because the idea is I want you to think about it and maybe experiment in your own life and decide if that's good for you or it's not good for you. And if if it works for you, I assume you'll continue it. If it doesn't, you won't. But the point is, I want you to just to hear different things, to think about it, and see if it's going to benefit you in your life. And I got this wisdom from other people and from other experiences. And that's why I've had so many jobs and careers, because I've been a, a searcher and an experimenter and an observer all my life. And Dennis, what was it about teaching that you found rewarding? Because that's also something many people think about doing or interested in doing after they leave one career. Uh, what was teach? What gave you the most benefit from teaching? Well, I sort of don't like to admit it, but uh, what it is, is I'm, I wanted to learn from my students. Okay. And so there's the motive because they're a different generation. They see life differently. And I wanted to learn things I didn't know about. Okay. And I also, on the other side, I wanted to share with them things that that I experienced and let them think about it to see if it works for them. For example, we're of an older generation, many of us, uh, especially your audience. And in one of my classes, each semester, somebody would talk about the jobs and going forward with their careers. And they would say, well, my uh, outlook on life, my my career path is going to be, I want to work a few years and become very wealthy and then retire and travel. So I was surprised how many students had that mindset. Let's work two, three years, five years, either develop an app or go on Wall Street and have a hedge fund and I'm going to make billions and retire. And many of them never had worked in their lives. So we had students that are in their 20s that had never had a job. And they would tell me things like, I know my parents struggled and worked hard to get where they are today, but that's not where I'm coming from. That's my bottom. This is how I was raised, and I only want to go up. Okay, so how they were raised was, well, you didn't go to a job like my generation did. If you needed a car, you got a car. If you needed a computer, you got a computer. 
and I went to sports and I went to dancing. And I went to music lessons and I went to so and so. And it sounded very much like entitlement. And you say, Laura, these are a bunch of entitled, whatever. But I looked at it differently. That was their world. Okay. And I learned, I had to think about that. It's not their fault. Okay. If we were brought up that way, just like we people who are aligned with one political party or another, or one um, uh, way of life over another, that's all they knew. Okay. So rather than look at them as entitled brats, I wanted to see life through their eyes. So that was a learning experience for me too. So one last question, if, if we could, what do you think people don't realize about retirement who haven't retired yet? Well, probably one of the things I had never retired, as I said, I'd worked all my life. And for one day when I announced my retirement, and by the way, I retired at 75. Okay. I loved what I did. I gave uh, the university two years notice. I said, I'm not going to work a day after 75. And the reason of that is because I don't know how long I'll live and I want to do something, experience something different. So the day I, or maybe the day before I retired, when I was walking on campus, it was like, wow, okay. All my life, I had to do this or that. I had uh, responsibilities that I had to uh, go to and that's going to end. That one day was the only emotionally strong period about retirement. Once I retired, you know, now I, I never even think of that I'm retired. I'm just doing it every day. And so don't worry about it. Uh, life will fulfill all the time that you have in there and make the best of it. Do something that's fulfilling. I see people every day that they won't walk three feet, okay? They're always in some sort of a transportation device, be it an electric bicycle or a golf cart or a car. And uh, they'll take a walk in nature, spend some time in, in slowing down in nature, and don't worry about catching the next concert or the next ball game or whatever. There's too much overstimulation in life. Great advice. Although I will probably be catching the next ball game and be focused, <laughs> focused on that. But thank you for sharing all of your insights and observations. Great to meet you, Dennis. All right. And you as well. Thank you so much. Time for takeaways, actionable ideas you can consider following our conversation with Dennis Torres today. Number one, take some time to examine your beliefs. It's funny how sometimes we have deeply held beliefs that we haven't attended to in a while. And it can be very useful to examine those, rethink them, and as he put it, take a look at why we believe what we do. And is it still valid? Are there other interpretations, other perspectives that may help us, particularly as you're making a life transition from the world of full-time work into the new uncharted territory of retirement? So bring some critical thinking to your decision-making. Number two, Considering taking up some health and wellness practices like yoga and meditation, as he put it, just do it. The other thing that he mentioned, which I find so useful, is start small. You don't need to take it all on at once, but start with the smallest version of things and build from there. But the most important thing is to begin. Number three, invest in some time in nature. And I think he mentioned that this can be very useful in slowing down. And getting away from the kind of frantic busyness that sometimes people gravitate toward early in retirement. But take some time in nature, step back, and you might find it helps you to slow down and can aid in your transition and your decisions. 
Thanks for listening to the Retirement Wisdom Podcast. My mission is to help you retire smarter by taking a look at the non-financial aspects of retirement, which are often overlooked. If you like our episodes, please follow us on Apple Podcasts or subscribe anywhere else that you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.